Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five podcast. Today is Wednesday, April 26th. And as always, it is brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey. Life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, today is National Pretzel Day. Okay. Um, so I'll say this. I'm not a big fan of the kind of the hard uh, pretzels that you get in bags. Really? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm not a fan. Um, I can eat the soft pretzels that you get at, at ball games and stuff. Right. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Um, but. The hard pretzels that you get at the store? No, I'll pass. Wow, I, I didn't expect that one. I'm a huge pretzel fan. Um, I, I would take pretzels over chips. I like like the hard pretzels in the bags. I would take those over chips. And the soft pretzels are absolutely undefeated. They are an amazing snack. You know, you know let me tell you who you wouldn't think would have a good soft pretzel in Villarica. Who's uh, that? Jump time. The little, like, indoor jumpy place that has, like, the inflatable jump-around doodads for kids and stuff. Yeah. They they have some pretty amazing soft pretzels. It, it, it's kind of crazy. And the cheese dip they have there, I, it's probably just normal melted cheddar cheese. Uh, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. They have some pretty good soft pretzels at that jump time place in Villarica. I was kind of surprised nice. by it. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge I'm a huge soft pretzel fan. I'm a huge, you know, hard pretzel fan. Like I said, I would take I would take hard pretzels over chips any day of the week. Uh, I like those. They, they do get stuck in your teeth. That's kind of annoying. The hard pretzels do. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm a big I'm a big pretzel fan. Billy. Also, what I am a fan of is the Hawks game last night. Woo! Hawks beat the Celtics one nineteen to one seventeen. We get back from the Villarica game. I flip it on. Uh, we're down, I think thirteen at that point when I flipped it on. And I just sort of had it on in the background while I was eating my dinner. And we just keep creeping and creeping and creeping and creeping. And before you know it, it's a one possession game. And then we're tied and then we're ahead. Uh, and it was um, it, it was awesome, man. It was exactly what the doctor, you know, kind of wrote for us. It was it was the prescription we needed for a Hawks team that we all I think we all kind of thought we were going to lose last night. Uh, you know, most people I talked to, most people I listened to, all the sports books thought we were going to lose tonight. Uh, and I think really the only people that didn't think we were going to lose was probably the, you know, the players on the team. I think they were the probably lone people in the entire world that had faith in this Hawks team last night. Trey Young, Billy, is arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, I don't know how we, I don't know how we measure that, but I think Trey Young is is the greatest player ever. Uh, 38 points and 13 assists last night, including a deep three-point shot over Jalen Brown to win the game or to put us ahead with about a second and a half left. Uh, Trey Young scored 16 points in the fourth quarter last night and now has 64th quarter points in the series. 
Young's 60 points in the fourth quarter are the most through the first five games of a playoff series since Kevin Durant did it in 2011. Uh, so that is uh, one Lord. or two years, you know, one or two years. Uh, Trey Young also scored the final 14 points in Atlanta's game five win at Boston last night. Since the 1998 playoffs, he is the he is only the fifth player to score his team's final 14 plus points in a playoff game. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Yep. Yep. That three was ridiculous. Um, I think it was like seven seven seconds left to go on the on the clock initially when he had to bring the the ball down, and him just stepping up for that that game winning three, and it looked like the Trey Young of old. Honestly, like it that, did. That that shot right there made me think, oh, that's Trey. That's Trey. Not the Trey that we've been watching all year. That's that's Trey Young that we knew throughout the the first couple of years of his career. It, it's the Trey Young that reared his head in the Eastern Conference final run. It's the Trey Young yes. that that silenced the crowd in Madison Square Garden. It's the Trey Young that went into Philadelphia and shut down a Joel Embiid led team that was supposed to just wally mop the Hawks. I mean, this is. That was the Trey Young, you know. I don't want to say vintage Trey Young because Trey Young's still pretty young, no pun intended. But that was that was the Trey Young we became accustomed to a couple years ago, just hitting those dagger threes. And uh, you know, it, it's almost no coincidence that Trey Young had a Trey Young game, Billy, and there was no DJ. Right. I mean, I, I like Dejounte Murray. I really thought he was going to be a good addition to this team. Um, you even, you know, you even commented before the season start that you thought Dejounte Murray might be our best player going into this season. But it seems like this team plays better when Dejounte is not on the court or not in the game. Yeah, and he he looked great, honestly. Like thirty eight points, thirteen assists. That's that's Trey Young this year, and for him to play like he did, for him to make the game-winning shot, I'm I'm so thankful. Then he turned around and gave the you know the ice cold shimmy, which was awesome. Yeah, um, he was he was getting it from the crowd last night, which was amazing, and you know responded by hitting a a monster game-winning shot. That that's when the, the people. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. No, the, not you. The local radio hosts that get on Trey and, and say the Hawks should trade Trey, shut the hell up. Like, you don't know basketball. Trey Young is the, I, I'll, I'll go out there and say it, Trey Young is the second greatest Hawk ever to play in the franchise in Atlanta for a long period of time. Pete Maravich was amazing, but he wasn't here long enough to be considered, in my opinion, a great Hawk. It's Neek at, it's neek at one. And I don't think anybody will ever pass Neek. Neek is definitely number one solidified. I think Trey's number two. And these people that want to move on from Trey and get rid of Trey, especially the local pundits uh, that are on the radio every single day and get paid to talk. What what in your brain makes you think moving on from Trey is a good idea? What you're going to get from Trey in the open trade market is going to be pennies. It's not going to be anything. Yep. And essentially, you're going to have to restart this entire franchise again go through cap hell, go through the exact same thing you had to do when Kent Bazemore was your highest paid player and we were an absolute dumpster fire for like three seasons. I don't understand why why people want to hit the reset button so quickly on the Hawks and move on from Trey. I don't understand it. It it, it, really, it really blows my mind. 
it, it just it blows my mind. Uh, Trey Young's go ahead three was the second instance of a player making a 30 plus foot go ahead shot in the final five seconds of the fourth quarter or overtime in the last 25 seasons. The other time it happened was Dame Lillard's 36 footer to eliminate the Thunder in game five of round one in 2019. So that is a that is a club of two right there. And it is Trey Young and Dame Lillard. And I, I, I really, like I, club. yeah, yeah, I like that company. That's good company. I, I don't understand. I don't understand the hate for Trey. I never have. I never will. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if you can explain it to me. I don't know what it is, but I, I don't, I just don't, I don't understand, especially local pundits that are supposed to be look, for this team. I don't understand it. Look, I, I get the hate. We've talked about it all year. Um, Trey has not been the Trey Young of all. He has, he's not a leader, um, and you can definitely see that on on the court, on on the sideline. He's just not. Um, he's not the one that's vocal that does anything that you know stands up for the team, that kind of thing. He's he's himself. He is one of the best Hawks that we've ever seen, and I'll say that with you. But he, I'm not sure he's top two, but he's oh, one F, of the who, best. Who, who else would be number two? Who uh, else are you dude, putting at two? Dikembe, Joe I, Johnson, Josh Smith, Jeff Teague, Al Horford, Pil, Paul Millsap, Dennis Schroeder. I mean, we've had a lot of good players, but uh, nobody has been as electric and take over the game, in my opinion, like Trey Young's been able to do in Atlanta. Kyle Corver. I do love Kyle Corver. Don't tempt me to put him number two. <laughs> you know how much I like Kyle Corver, damn it. I love Kyle Corver. <laughs> and you know, to your point, he's he's not the he's not the vocal leader. He does complain a lot to the referees. I don't like that. It is what it is. But you know, maybe he's one of those guys that is not a vocal leader that is more of a on the court type guy. And we sort of saw him, I would say what we saw out of Trey Young was leadership last night. He took over a very important, had-to-have-it game, scored nearly 40-plus the game when he shot. You know, I, I think that's leadership. I think that's, you know, a form of leadership. Um, you know, hey, I, and I'll, I'll heat praise on John Collins as well from last night. 22 points, four from nine for three. That's sort of what we've been begging out of John Collins all year. And I mean, I... You know, I hate I hate to say this, and I said it already, but I think this team just flows better without DeJounte Murray. I really do. I thought Murray was going to be a very good addition, and maybe that changes next year if we keep DJ, and maybe that changes with Quinn Schneider with an entire offseason working with the team and getting a flow together. Maybe that changes. But, but for my money, this team is better when DeJounte Murray doesn't play. Well, we've got DJ for one more year, right? So next year is his last year on his contract, I believe. We'll see. We'll see. A lot, lot, lot of rumors swirling. I'll say that. Um, okay. Lot of, lot of rumors going around that DJ will not be on this roster next year. Um, so, and, and Bogey start. Billy, you called this yesterday. You said Bogey starting for DJ at two. Uh, I was an adamant no. I thought it was a terrible idea, and it was a great idea. Bogey, eighteen points, was plus eleven while he was on the court. Shot phenomenally. Played great. Defensive liability. Jalen Brown did have a career game last night while Bogey was covering, but the uh, the offense that Bogey added on the other end of the plus 11 in the box, plus minus, uh, was phenomenal. Did great. Uh, the Celtics lost to the Hawks yeah. as a 13-point favorite last night. Since 1990, the Celtics had never lost a playoff game 
being a double-digit favorite. They were 7-0 and entering last night. So another little milestone feather in the cap for the Atlanta Hawks as they come home and will take on the Boston Celtics 7-30 Thursday night. They had to move Janet Jackson to Friday. Janet Jackson was supposed to perform at State Farm Marina Thursday night. They moved her to Friday, and Game 7 of the Hawks-Celtics game will be at 7.30 on Thursday. I don't know. Uh, excuse game me, 8.30. 8.30 on Thursday. Game 6. Game 6. Yes, excuse me, Game 6. 8.30 on Thursday. So luckily I have multiple screens. I will be watching the Hawks and the NBA draft. Uh, let's send it to Game 7, man. Let's push this to Game 7. Let's have some fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, let's do it. You know what I hear? You know what comes up to my mind when I hear that last stat that you just gave about losing um, the 13-point favorites? What's that? <laughs> Sorry. I'm very petty. Uh, Billy, the Braves beat the Marlins last night. Uh, I saw a stat, and I'm trying to find it again, but I believe the Braves are 100 games over 500 against the Marlins. Whoa. Is that not just insane? I, I, Whoa. I don't, I don't know how that – I'm trying to find the exact stat. I saw it this morning, and then I started scrolling through TikTok again, and I, I completely missed it. I don't even remember who tweeted it out. But, yeah, it was something like the, the Braves are 301 and 200 against the Marlins or something like that. Um, it wasn't Brad Rowland. And now I don't remember who it was that I saw it this morning. But yeah, the, the Braves are something like 100 games over 500 against the Marlins lifetime being in the Atlanta Braves. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Albies with two home runs last night at two RBIs. Riley Rosario, Grissom, Hilliard, and Pilar all added in one RBI apiece. Billy, I think we all agree that once Michael Harris comes back, uh, Hilliard is our answer at left field. Um, I yeah. think he is our, he's our best option out there right now, in my opinion. Charlie Morton. Have yourself a night. Seven innings pitched, one earned run, and nine Ks. He pitched phenomenally. That's what you like to see out of Charlie. And you're going to get those games out of Morton. You're, you're going to get those games out of Morton where he comes out and looks unhittable. Three and two on the season now with a 2.76 ERA and a 1.40 whip. Um, honestly, Morton has not had a bad start at all this year. I, I know he has two losses, but in the two losses, the Braves lost one to nothing to San Diego where he went six innings and gave up one run. And then they lost 4-1 to San Diego, where he went five innings and gave up two earned runs. So uh, Morton has not had a start this year where he's gone under five innings or given up more than three runs. So that's that's what you want from a veteran starter that is really not going to have to be your cornerstone ace when you get to the playoffs. Yep, absolutely. And you love Charlie doing that. They talked about vintage Charlie. That's vintage Charlie. Seven innings pitched, nine hits, or nine Ks. How many hits? It was like four? Uh, hits three, last night four. was... Doo, 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 doo. I'm on the wrong page. Uh, oh, oh, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Sorry. Uh, three. Three hits. Yeah. Yep. Three hits scattered over seven innings. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. That's absolutely. exactly what you need. So, look, I, I love Charlie Morton, and I, I will always love Charlie Morton. I love Charlie Morton the first time around in, in Braves uniform. So, I mean, I guess I'm old because I remember that, but whatever. Um, the Braves played really well last night, always with two dingers. Um, Hilliard continues to really impress me. I mean, absolutely impress me. 
Um, and and I part of it's like I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Where has he been? You know, because most of the time you don't even know where the kid's been. And right. I, I love this team, dude. I really. And they just won a series back to back, or they just won this series against the Marlins after losing or after getting swept by the uh, by the Astros. So you know, it's a good thing. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, technically, they have to win tonight to win the series because it's a four-game series. Um, but you know, at oh, worst, okay. they're going to split. But I, they're not going to lose tonight. But yeah, here I just found the stat. Um, yeah, the Braves are 100 games over 500. They're 301 and 201. Uh, against the Marlins as a Good as a sport. franchise, yeah. Um, and right now, Ronald Acuna Jr. is on pace for 88 stolen bases. Um, so uh, he might be able to get to 100. A couple more stolen bases, you know, Ronald. Let's get those feet going and see if we can get on pace for 100 stolen bases. That'd be uh, be pretty amazing. Let's do it. <laughs> Michael Harris Jr. will begin his rehab assignment with Gwinnett tomorrow. Uh, how many games he will play in Gwinnett is still is to be determined. This is the first time Michael Harris Jr. has ever played in Gwinnett, Billy. He did not play in Gwinnett, uh, you right. know, before he got called up to the Atlanta Braves. So this will be his first stint in Gwinnett. Uh, Arcia says he expects to be playing by the time the Braves return from the road trip next week. When asked if he had plans to be activated or to be playing rehab games at that point, he said that it is not his decision, and we haven't had any official word from Brian Snicker on that situation either. In uh, the Braves yesterday returned right-handed pitcher Colin McHugh from his rehabilitation assignment and reinstated him from the injured list. Left-handed pitcher Danny Young was optioned to AAA Gwinnett following last night's game, so a couple roster moves. Braves getting healthy. That's nice to see, getting a couple starters back here soon. Uh, we also should get Ry- uh, Rysel Iglesias back at some point as well. Um, so it looks like the month of May, we are going to start getting getting healthy. And the fact that we were able to not just tread water, but play some dang good base, uh, basketball, baseball, while we had a lot of lot of people injured, that's, uh, that's pretty amazing, man. That, that goes to show the depth of the Braves. And we are two games ahead of the New York Mets now for the NL East League. Kudos to Alex Anthopoulos for continuing to build this team and make it a really, really solid team to where we can, like you talk about, do more than just tread water. I mean, we're yeah. we're leading the NL East right now, and yep. we're, we've been leading the NL East since, what, day one? Bingo. Um, yeah, let's go wire to wire. So let's, let's do this. I love yep. this. Yep, I do too. Uh, Billy, we had an interesting topic brought up the other day by our good friend Seabass. He said, should the defense or should the team get one point for stopping on a three and out? And that that got me thinking, what other things could we change in football to change up the scoring? I don't mind that one point for a three and out because how many times do you you see a three and out in football? I see it a lot more in in pros than I do – most things uh, we do see a lot in high school, I guess. Um, yeah, and I was I wasn't really thinking about it in the high school level. I was more thinking about like pros in college. Um, you know, I, I like I like the one point for a three and out. Maybe maybe a point or two points for stopping a fourth down conversion. Um, you know, I think that's interesting. I've always been a big fan 
of having field goals count for more points if they are a longer yardage. Yes. Um, you know, especially in the NFL, I would say like anything inside of 40 is still three. 40 to 50, maybe four, and 50-plus is five or, or somewhere around there. You know, you can tinker with the numbers. Um, but, I, I, you know, kicking a 65-yard field goal, that should be worth more than three points than somebody up there kicking a 23-yard field goal, you know? You're not um, wrong. And, 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 you know, you, you could you could do something like that with, with touchdowns as well. I wouldn't be in favor of that, like saying, you know, a 70-yard run touchdown or a 70-yard rushing touchdown might be worth seven points as opposed to six, but a 70-yard passing touchdown is still, still worth six. You could do a lot with the, with the scoring that would change it up a little bit. Um, you know, I'm also for at the end of the game, say your team is down three after you just scored a touchdown. Well, you, you can't come back and tie it, right? Because all you can go for right. is two. Well, let's back them up to the 35, 45 yard line and you get one play from scrimmage. That is a three point play, you know, um, yeah. you back them up and have, have them try a three point play or something like that. So I, I'm all for adding in different things. I, I think the NFL would be very very different uh very very opposed to this type of idea but maybe this is an extension of bryce ball that we talked about last night in the broadcast billy the the baseball game that i'm gonna invent where you can play you know balls off the screen balls off the net balls off the scoreboard off the light post stuff like that maybe this is an extension of that and we sort of create our own form of football that has some uh, some interesting scoring i think it's an opportunity maybe for the xfl or the usfl to bring in some new rules um, maybe it would make people watch the USFL because that brand of football is absolutely atrocious. Uh, so, you know, bringing in maybe a different type of scoring, I don't know, maybe bring some eyes in, but I like the idea. Yeah, I like bringing in more points would be fun, especially defensively. You know, if you have a, a solid defense, that could change the outcome of, of the game greatly. You want to talk about getting a point for every three and out. I mean, there's a really good chance with a with a really good defense that that could change the outcome of many games and even if their offense sucks a good defense could still possibly get you in front which is more than you can ever imagine so hopefully uh you know that would be fun but you know i think it's all kind of we'll see how it works out yeah, I think it's a neat idea. I don't think it's an idea that the NFL would adopt. Um, I'd love to see them do it, but I think this is a great idea for like the XFL, the USFL, some of these other leagues, some of these offshoot spring football leagues, to kind of experiment with scoring and see if it's uh, see if it's popular. I think it'd be popular. I think it'd be I think it'd be neat. I think there's a way you could add in some unique scoring opportunities for different teams, for defenses, for special teams, stuff like that. That would make it more fun. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm all for changing up some scoring in football, um, but the NFL probably would not adopt it. But like I said, the USFL, the USFL should adopt it. That would make people actually watch and care about the USFL games that are just atrocious. All right, Bryce, let's get to the Marines House scoreboard. Let's do it. In playoff baseball yesterday in a must have win, Villarica comes back and beats Kell eight to six. They were down six to nothing in the third inning. Scores three in the third, scores five in the fifth to come back and win. Eight unanswered points to advance to the Sweet 16. What a freaking game, man. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. The Leighton Hindman moonshot, three-run home run over the left field wall. 
was an absolute game changer. I mean, not only did it add three runs to the scoreboard, which is pretty obvious, but the momentum and the just environment of all the fans, the team, the players, us, everything switched out there. The electricity that was buzzing throughout the entire field after that three-run home run was palpable. I mean, it was it was absolutely insane. It was standing room only. People were standing up. There was nowhere to sit the entire last couple of innings of that game. It felt like, honestly, it felt like a playoff atmosphere at uh, um, Fulton County Stadium way back in the day, in the early 90s. Yeah when the Braves had their run that that's what it felt like to me is, is a playoff atmosphere at Fulton County stadium and Wildcats came out victorious and moving on to the sweet 16. Good for them. They get to go to, uh, they'll get to host Winder Barrow on Who? Saturday as of right now. Who do they get to host? <laughs> Winder Barrow. Winder Barrow. Okay. My bad. In boys I've, playoffs, I've said it wrong so many times. I said it wrong on the broadcast last night, not on purpose. <laughs> in boys' playoff soccer yesterday, Mount Zion beats Portal 5-4 to four to advance to the final freaking four. That's amazing. Let's go. So amazing. So uh, we've got the boys. The Mount Zion boys in the final four and the Bremen, is the Bremen girls or boys? Girls, Bremen girls, Bremen girls in the final four. So we've yes, got sir. two teams in the final four in the in the soccer playoffs. So let's go, Billy. Have you ever heard of that high school portal? Yeah, yeah, have you? I have. I, I've never heard of them. I, I, I thought that was a uh, I thought that was a misprint yesterday when I was looking at the schedule. I've never heard of that. Yeah, in girls playoff lacrosse, Carrollton falls to South Forsyth, thirteen to nine. Unfortunately, that's that's Oxford. Carrollton girls, but you know it is what it is at that point, right? Yep, yep. Successful season for the uh, the lacrosse girls. All right, on the Smith Tour coverings, games and events calendar tonight. Playoff baseball today. We get a doubleheader out in Bowden, in the friendly city, starting at two o'clock. Bowden versus Lincoln County. Wow, we're gonna have some fun out there tonight uh, or today. It'll be on the Hometown Sports Radio Network. Myself, along with Tom Araquazo and Verlin Best, will be on the Hometown Sports Media Network covering this game. I cannot wait to be out there with those two gentlemen. Get their first call on Hometown Sports. It's going to be fun, man. History being made. History being made. And I just looked up where Portal is. It's sort of, uh, it's north of Metter and uh, northwest of Statesboro. So sort of in that, in that Statesboro Metter uh, type area right over there down in uh, Casey Bass's old stomping grounds. I- I'd never yep. heard of this place. Portal. All right. And then in the U.S. Open Cup, Atlanta United will be facing off against Memphis, which you will be at. That's right. Yeah. Uh, 7.30 tonight up in Kennesaw uh, is where this game will take place, and I'll be up there. It'll be interesting to see the Memphis goalkeeper. I know he's a highly touted goalkeeper and one that I think Atlanta United has their radar on that might be a replacement Um for a couple injured goalkeepers we have on our roster. So it'll be interesting to see us up there. I think we're 3-0 and every time I've gone up there and watched Atlanta United in Kennesaw. So excited to see uh, the Atlanta United Five Stripes make another run at the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, oh, nope. I was trying, I thought I saw a tweet that said money, and I thought we were getting an update on uh, Michael Harris. But Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> you saw it too? <laughs> yeah, I, I get thought, those updates. 
I thought I thought we were getting a uh, I thought we were getting another update, but it's just uh, starting his rehab stint uh, up in Gwinnett. Billy, you ready for another cup of coffee, man? Man, do I need one? Woo! Let's hit it up. Another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Scrum with Robert Goolsby Real Estate du- Group. Devin Booker goes off for 47 points as the Suns eliminate the Clippers. The Clippers, who sort of had injury woes this entire uh, playoffs. Devin Booker says, iron sharpens iron as him and Kevin Durant apparently n- go at it in a good way in practice. He said that the two have really pushed each other to the brink. Uh, and they uh, culminated in a narrow and thrilling 136 to 130 game five victory Tuesday to close out the first round four and one. Billy, is Phoenix is Phoenix the favorite to win the NBA championship this year after the trade? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of agree. Um, I I honestly I thought it was going to be a Phoenix Boston final, but um, now that the Hawks are going to beat Boston in Game Seven, uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know who's going to represent the East. It won't be Boston because they'll lose in seven to the Hawks. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think the Suns the betting favorite for me right now to win the NBA championship. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they are. Aaron Rodgers writes Packers farewell, says his heart will always be in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I can get that. I, I, get, I 100% get that. What do you think the mood is? from most Packer fans. Do you think it is appreciative for everything that Aaron brought to them? Do you think it's Yes. If he, yeah. Yeah, that's that's I, I yeah, don't know I do. Packer Look, fans. It's, yeah, Green Green Bay, Green Bay people are are very appreciative of what Aaron Rodgers did, but they're also realizing that they need, they probably did need to move on. Um and the past couple of years, let's be real, Aaron Rodgers has been a little bit of a a, a wacko. Um, he has, and, for sure. It, and don't get me wrong, while being a wacko, he's also won two MVPs. So let's <laughs> let's not put that past it. But um, he continues to play really well, um, and he played well last year. But we'll see how it works out in New York for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I don't know many Packers fans, but all the Packers fans that I do know are very appreciative of Aaron. And, you know, yeah, they understand this is just sort of the next step. And Aaron Rodgers is a is a Packer legend, you know, one of the greatest Packers of all time. Uh, Magic's yep. Paolo Banchero wins the NBA Rookie of the Year Award last night. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be, um, oh, my goodness, my mind just went blank. The skinny kid that got drafted from Gonzaga. I don't remember no. his name now. My mind just went completely blank. He got injured, uh, and Banchero just absolutely ran away with the Rookie of the Year award. Nobody else should have even been in the running. Uh, Paolo Banchero was by far the best rookie. He received 98 of the 100 first-place votes. Uh, so Banchero runs away with that. Billion today in 1941, a tradition begins. The first organ at a baseball stadium is played in the Chicago Cubs Stadium. 1941 first organ ever that's pretty crazy that's awesome we are we are creeping up on the 100 year anniversary of the first ever organ at a baseball stadium so let me just run this down real quick uh because we haven't really talked about it very much in the nf or the nhl playoffs they're up three games to one over the panthers maple leafs are up three games to one over the lightning hurricanes are up Three games to two over the Islanders. Devils are tied two to two versus the Rangers. Over in the West, the Avalanche are tied two to two versus the Kraken. 
Dallas leads the Wild three games to two. Vegas leads three games to one over the Jets. And then the Oilers are up three games to two over the Kings. And just right. that's just giving you guys an update on the NHL playoffs. Since we don't really cover the NHL as, as closely as we should, but I, I wanted to get that out there because there are people that are fans of the NHL. No, there's not. No, there's not. There's not. Not down here. No, there's not. No, there's not. Yeah, there are. Don't get me started. Don't down here. Listen, if there were were fans in the NHL down here, we'd still have an NHL team. Stop it. (laughs) I do not want to throw a punch you the next time. (laughs) Uh, Billy, the rumor is, though, that we will be getting into NHL talk here soon. Oh. That's the rumor rumor around town is we're going to have some NHL stuff to talk about. Maybe not soon. You know, I say soon, uh, you know, maybe maybe in a couple years. Maybe might, maybe uh, we're still doing the podcast by then. <laughs> hey, we haven't we haven't gotten canceled and we've been over a year now. So if we if we hadn't gotten canceled by now, I don't think we're going to get canceled at all. Yeah, you got anything gonna, else? going to stop us. You got anything else for us today, man? <laughs> no, man. Let's get out of here. Well, let's head out of here on a Wednesday. It's a hump day. We will see you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors. Just shake them. Shake your neighbors. <laughs>